everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael. I feel like this is a fun team, a team that could go in a lot of different directions this year, and a team I'm very excited to watch. I am always excited to watch the Golden State Warriors. Um, I do not care. I've seen the Golden State Warriors destroy the Chicago Bulls live, and I didn't care. I didn't care. I was excited. It was fun. Dude, that sounds like some sort of musical or something. The Warriors destroy the Bulls live. <laughs> live tonight. <laughs> um, it is. It was wonderful. Because Steph Curry is one of the most, uh, I'd say, visually interesting, uh, exciting players to watch do really anything. And if he gets hot, he gets, he gets hot. And it's, it's, it's like uh, watching prime Derrick Rose in those early years or MJ or uh, like any time you've ever heard of it, like, oh, you got to when this guy comes into town, you got to go see him. So you got to go see Zion. And Curry has been must see basketball for the better part of a decade now. Yes. And then still maybe the craziest game I ever remember watching is the Clay Thompson 60 points on 11 dribbles. Oh man. What a, what a wonderful time. And I'm sure the Warriors are going to be very, very happy that Clay is, uh, is back in action for this team. It has been a while, which I think could make drafting Clay Thompson very interesting. Uh, but this team is not the same as it was last year. Uh, Kelly Oubre, who a little bit of a disappointing uh, season after, um, where was he at? The Suns before that? Yeah. Coming from the Suns, thought he was going to play a bigger role and uh, didn't really fit on this team. Um, really struggled and really ruined a lot of my uh, uh, teams last year. Thanks a lot, Kelly Oubre. Uh, he's gone off to Charlotte, Kent Bazemore on the Lakers. Nobody cares. Uh, but they are adding uh, back Iguodala. Along with, I think, someone uh, a little under the radar signing, Bielitsa for cheap. They signed him for he signed for very cheap. And then Otto Porter, our old friend Otto Porter, sneaking in the back door. So I do think there's a few things to talk about here. Uh, but they just didn't they just trade for Patrick Beverly? No, that was oh. the Timberwolves. What am I talking about? I don't know. You're getting all your teams confused. You've been having a couple drinks, Mike. It's okay. It's all right. We, I'm still hungover. We've um, all been there. Yes. Uh, I don't know why Patrick Beverly is on my mind. What? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Of, the Timberwolves. Okay, anyway. Um, so let's just get right to the, 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 the guy, the man, the myth, the legend, Steph Curry. Theoretically, in my opinion, the only guy other than Jokic who who could finish number one overall this season. Now you keep saying that, but I mean, there are a lot of guys that could finish number one overall. Now taking them number one overall is a different story, but 
we see this every year when we think it's a lock that X finishes number one overall just because they did it last year and then they can't repeat it. That's um, fair, but we've also seen Harden do it like three years in a row and Curry do it multiple years in a row. Um, if you want to take Steph Curry number one overall, yeah, but again, ahead. like they're not locks. Like, no, I'm, I'm not saying they're locks. I'm saying that's what this is my opinion. Steph Curry can finish number one overall. I think you're just going to do it. Fair. And that's, that's completely fair. Um, Curry is just so unique, right? I mean, he's the still the only player in the league, maybe, that those five three-pointers a game are, you know, just super elite. He's going to give you super elite points. He's going to give you really good rebounds for a point guard. There's going to be good assists, even though it's only maybe six or a little less. Like, that's still really good for a point still guard good. in today's game. You know, he's still getting you some pretty good steals. There's not some... There's not no blocks, unfortunately, but well, the percentages you know. are fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I just I think I, I'm taking Curry in number one in some of my leagues. Um, I just feel like he gives me the base I want to start with, and I feel like I can find guys who rebound and and block shots, and you know, like there's just like a lot of later centers I like. The point guards dry up really fast, like they always do. Mm-hmm. And I just rather start with a point guard than a big man. I get it. Jokic gives you the assists of a point guard, but best of both worlds. Just like he's hand, the Hannah Montana of the NBA. Uh, Steph Curry, on the other hand, is now going to be playing with Clay Thompson. So I, I think that uh, so you know, this career is... high, thirty-two points a game, scoring title, which I did predict and made money on last season. Thank you very much. Shout out to all the listeners who ride my coattails. Uh, I don't think that's going to be happening this year. So this got more interesting, I think, about two days ago when Ramona Shelburne let it be known on the jump that the Warriors basically aren't planning on Klay Thompson playing until Christmas. Yes, which is a bit surprising. And a bit worrying because he's missed a lot, a lot of time already. Now he had two significant injuries. He tore his ACL and he tore his Achilles. Yes, like within a year of each other. Right, the two worst injuries in basketball. Correct. Um, probably pretty much. Well, I mean, obviously, there's worse stuff that like ends ends your career, but basically, the two worst lower extremity injuries uh, in basketball: cocaine overdose. Yeah, um, a little worse. So, if he's not gonna play or play much until Christmas. Okay, that's like the first two months of the season, like out, right? Correct. And, he, and even a little bit more. And then how quickly is he ramping up to speed to play 34 minutes a game? So unlike a lot of the guys that we've talked about who are injured through, through December, January, for every question mark, right? Pretty much for every one of them, we said, do not draft. Uh, Kawhi's going to be out to the end of the year. Do not draft. Thomas Bryant's going to be out till Christmas. He's not really good enough to, to waste a draft pick on. Could probably get him off the waiver wire anyway as he gets closer to returning. Clay Thompson, on the other hand, I think has value. And I think well, that's one of the things we overlook sometimes when we talk about drafting is um, the value of the player on the open market is the value that the other teams give him. And I don't think... Clay Thompson is going to be undrafted in almost any league. So it becomes a waiting game. When do you think you can theoretically draft Clay Thompson and either get value for him 
later by trading him or just by holding on to him and letting him get going and hitting January, February, March back into Clay Thompson form, which if you remember, isn't, you know, like is not a top 25 player. Well, so that's the, so I have two questions because I don't disagree a bit with what you're saying, but I have two questions for you. Where does Clay Thompson finish the season? Hmm. Let's even say, let's say in per game value, because in total value, he's going to miss some time. It's not going to be fantastic, right? So where does he finish it in per game value? Yeah. So you're probably looking at somewhere around 20 points, which is not crazy elite. Uh, you know, yeah, and especially not anymore. I mean, we got guys averaging 30 some. Yeah. So I mean, let's just say Clay Thompson is maybe Clay takes more three pointers, right? Maybe he hits a few more threes. Maybe his points are up more closer to 25, right? I don't know. I don't know about that, but okay. Well, I mean, why not? We've seen we've seen everybody shoot more threes. Uh paces up. Okay. Why wouldn't he why wouldn't he be also a victim of that? But if he misses two months and then he takes another three or four weeks to get his legs under him. We do, plus, yeah, we know that. Here's, in per game value, though. Yeah, but I, so here's the problem. I, I think I'm going to agree with you that it's not terribly impressive numbers. Right, and here's the problem with it. I think we've seen a lot of guys coming off Achilles injuries especially. Their three-point shooting is a little wonky that first season. Like, it's usually significantly down. Because they just struggle to get that good lift on their shots. Now, Clay's not a big like jumper when he shoots, really, but I'm worried a little bit about now he's one of the best shooters ever. But he's one of the best shooters ever. So what is down for him? Like 37%, 36%. But again, like he can't take money more than like eight. So let me let me read some stats off to you, right? Let me just throw let me throw a stat line at you, a, 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 a blank open. You don't know who this is. Stat line: twenty three points, three and a half three pointers, four rebounds, four and a half assists, a steal, and a half a block. That's bet. If you compare that to what you think Clay's going to do this year, is that a is that a Clay line, or do you think Clay's a little bit worse? Like I think he's worse than assists there. I think he's worse than that stat line. Sure, I think he's probably yeah. a little less points, a little less assists, maybe a little around the same blocks and steals though. That is CJ McCollum last year, and that's that was the point I was going to bring up was. Clay kind of has the same thing happening to him that CJ McCollum has had happening to him like the last couple of years. Like he went from like a top 30 player to a top 40 player to a barely a top 50 player. And now you're telling me that there's some real significant injury risk baked in here with Clay. Like, I don't think I'm going to want Clay in any league. I because think I would draft him very uh, with one of my last two to three picks. Me too. But I don't think he's going to be going there at all. Probably not. You know, I mean, I think he's going to be going like in the top 100. But he shouldn't. He's not undraftable. No, he's not undraftable, but he could be undraftable by opening day if we get some bad news. Agree? Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. And so if you're picking right now, if you're doing a draft right now, if he's going inside the top 100, I would not even think about it. I'd be like, you somebody else can have him. Go ahead. Yeah. 
maybe a nice guy if you really don't like if you're in the camp where you're like yeah i don't want this guy i don't need this guy uh, but everybody knows clay thompson you're in an auction league a nice uh, way to get the money off the board throw out clay thompson let a bit early in the draft let the bids pop up get that money off the board very good move when it comes to auction drafts uh let's talk about draymond green draymond green might be one of the hardest players we talked about this kind of off and on last season one of the hardest players to um, understand his value, um, even as you know, people who have been playing fantasy and focus on fantasy uh, most of their day, Draymond Green is one of the most like has one of the most unique stat lines. Finished in the top fifty per game last season, while scoring seven points. Yeah. Um- and the seven points hurt even more now that the scoring is up yes. across the board. Like the seven, the seven points just feels so backbreaking. But then it comes with seven rebounds and almost nine assists and 1.7 steals and 0.8 blocks. And then you've got something on your hands at that point, right? Um, I love him a lot more in those in the head-to-head things. I, re- I really do. Yeah, and I feel like in Roto, he's just kind of hard to own because it's so hard to make up his points and threes. Yeah, it's hard to mitigate seven points a night. Like seven well, points, and, like and seven points a night is so few. Even if you have him and Curry, right? Like, okay, you're getting thirty nine points between those two players. Like, that's like two, two me- mediocre guys. That's two twenty point per game scores at that point. So you're taking Curry and you're instantly making his arguably his biggest strength into now you just got two players that are mm, okay. Yeah. I think you gotta, if you're going to build around, if you're going to draft Draymond Green, you better be building or have accidentally built around him already, because I don't think a lot of people are going to be very excited to draft Draymond Green. He's going to definitely finish higher than his ADP for sure, because people see the seven points and the no three-pointers. And it doesn't seem like he's good. Like he should have been playing a bigger role in the offense last season. Seemed like he was shying away from shooting the ball at all. Um, it was not boating well for Draymond Green. Maybe he gets a little bit of his mojo back with the, the full team back, right? But I think people are going to be avoiding drafting him. And I actually think you can kind of get him for a steal. Oh yeah. If Draymond Green's hanging. Like I've seen some drafts already that people have been talking to me about where like Draymond Green is going like in the eighties. I'm very interested wow. in Draymond Green in the eighties. Yeah. I'm much, I'm very interested in him in the, in the sixties. Yeah. And me too. Now the question becomes, are you punting points already or are you very insulated in points because you've got a lot of big time scores? Like you still have to have the right team to draft him. And you mentioned this, like you got to have that team around him to draft him. And if you're already a little bit lacking in points and threes, and then you draft Draymond, like he could kind of break your team's back a little bit. Yeah. If you're, I think you almost want to do it. You want to punt points completely. And it's wild because even then, though, like if you're punting points, you still are st- your first round pick still going to be a really good points guy. Well, so I guess you go like Jimmy Butler, you can get R- the turn and go Jimmy Butler and Miles Turner or something like that. No, but riddle me this if you got this team, so let's say Draymond's going in the fifth round, 
Okay. So okay. you picked Jokic. Sure. Th- then you came back and you got uh, somebody scoring a bunch of points. Trey Young, I don't know. Someone yeah. score- scoring a barrel ton, right? Ju- yeah, Julius Randle. And then your next round pick was Shea Gilges. Okay. Okay, then you got or one Donovan more. Donovan Mitchell, maybe. Yeah, and then you got one more pick before Draymond, and you go – you're looking at it and you're going like, okay, well, you're on that turn anyways, right? You're like, man, you're like, let's why see. not? Let's see who's here. All right, yeah, all right. Let's see if I can find somebody that scores a bunch. Let's go, Devin Booker, someone crazy like that, someone who's another twenty. I'm not sure he's 20... gonna fall that far, but yeah, but um, I just didn't, you know, uh, Jalen Brown, right? Like someone who can score like twenty four a game, sure. twenty three a game. Brandon Ingram, any of those guys, you might be able to prop him up. Yeah. And so I think, but you got to be well insulated with a bunch of big time scores. And yeah, that's, you can't have any mediocre scores, scores with your first five picks. Right. You can't have Rudy Gobert and then take Draymond Green unless you're punting points. You can't no. have Miles you Turner, Clint Capello. Right. And you, Draymond can, Green. you can't even have like someone like Bam. No. You probably can't even have Tobias or even Jimmy Butler. Right. You need like one of those uber, uber elite. And you need probably multiple, multiple. You probably need every player you have to be scoring over 20 a game if you're going to pick Draymond in the fifth round. Likely. And your average should be like over 25 at that point. Like when you make the pick, your average points, averaging the players out should be over 25. If it's not over 25, you're going to be in trouble in that category when you pick his seven. Good luck, because seven and is going to kill you. But the, it's going to make you very, very lean in a few other categories. Here's the other problem with it is like after Draymond Green, there's not many big scores you can get to prop it back up. No, but one of those scores, way late in the draft, is Andrew Wiggins, who last season averaged almost 19 points, which is pretty good for a guy that you're likely to see. Uh, closer to an ADP of like 85, 90 than, uh, than, a, than a lot of the guys hanging around down this low, right? Um, and there's no reason to believe Andrew Wiggins is going to be any different than last season. He's still playing a very similar role. I guess he might get a, a, less, a couple less shots without, uh, with Clay there perhaps, but on the flip side of that, he might be more open because they're not, you know, they got to guard Clay. And they got a guard stuff, and they don't have their second best defender on Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, I think Wiggins is, is what he is at this point. Like, he's a guy going to finish somewhere from 80 to 100. He's going to score. He's going to, you know, do his Andrew Wiggins. He's going to hit a couple threes. He's going to get – the weird part is he's just, like, okay in a lot of categories now. He's not really good at anything. He's no. just like, he's okay. He used to be like, oh, damn, you can get like 20-some points out of Andrew Wiggins later in the draft because he doesn't do anything else. And it's like, yeah, he doesn't really even do that either. But but now he's kind of like gotten the other stats. It's weird. He's almost got a steal. He yeah. got a block last year. Like, he's just like, oh, he's, he's fine in that. He's fine in field goal. He's fine in threes. He's fine in rebounds. He's fine in assists. He's fine in steals. He's fine in blocks. He's just, he doesn't really hurt you anywhere. But again, you look at him and like, yeah, he's just okay there. He's fine. Um, he's he is who he we thought he was. A great quote so here's from the former 
Cardinals coach against the Bears. It's a great Here's game. where it gets interesting. Yes. Anybody else you want on this team in a fantasy league? So we got a couple <laughs> fantasy names, but are they playing roles that will get the, make them fantasy relevant? Because we did not really get a new center on this team. We still got Kevin. Kevin Looney, we still got James Wiseman. James Wiseman was a bit sus. Looney was also sus when it came to fantasy value. I don't think anything crazy changes there, but I will keep an eye on James Wiseman. You never know. He's very incredibly young um, and could end up being okay or even good at some point in his career. Um, they could move Draymond to five and stick in our, our good friend Otto Porter or Bielitsa, who are the only two guys on this team that I'm, I mean, I guess Iguodala could be relevant if he's playing like large minutes, but here's the problem with all of the things I just said. Uh, I don't think any of that's going to happen. They got Iguodala for the playoffs. So here's the weird part about their team. They have three incredibly young lottery picks. Yes. And then they have the rest of the roster built to win a championship tomorrow. Yes. And so the question becomes, how much developing do they do versus how much do they just go, well, we're going to ride Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins and try to win this thing. And I think... Wager that they're not going to be doing a whole lot of. I think they're going to be trying to win games. But see, I, I could see this strategy happening for a while, and they kind of did this last year, and it was spurred by a James Wiseman injury more than anything. Yeah, but I think, especially with Clay out early, you could see those guys kind of playing a fair bit the James Wiseman, the Jonathan sure. Kaminga, the Moses Moody. And then once Clay gets back up to speed, I think as the playoffs get nearer and nearer, you could see them just kind of go, you know what, you know, we're going to bite down. We're going to play our seven or eight guys that are good. We're going to see how high we can get climbing the standings. And then we're going to try to win this thing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. And I think if you told me like James Wiseman, you can guarantee me like 32 minutes a game. I think he is standardly relevant. I think he should be drafted at that um, at that many minutes per game. I just don't – I don't see it happening. Same with Otto Porter. If you told me Otto Porter was healthy and is going to play 33 minutes a game, I'm in. Would you even take a shot on Otto Porter? Absolutely not. Yeah, me neither. And you're, I'm even talking like maybe in like a 14-team league, a 16-team league. Like I don't even know if maybe. I want to – Maybe in a system. Yeah, but team. but like it, again, if you pick out a porter like with your last pick, okay. But if you're picking him like anywhere near the top 100 or even the top 120 in a 16 Go. team league, like you're not getting anybody in off the waivers that's gonna give you much of anything. So you could potentially just piss that pick right down the pole. Yeah, and which he's just legitimately not been healthy for like two years at this point and he can't stay on the floor. He'll come back and just hang. He'll just play 21 minutes. Cause he's can't be on the floor. It's not like he's like out and not playing and injured. He is back cleared for playing and can only play 21 minutes a game. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. 
So if I'm drafting this afternoon, I think the people you want on this team in a standard league are potentially Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and then Clay Thompson somewhere near the end of your draft. Yep. And that's it. I would agree with that, Tyler, and I think that will wrap us up. For the Golden State Warriors, I'm getting more excited. Uh, we're getting into the what I call the meat and potatoes of the of the NBA. Um, we are I don't I don't know how many teams we've done, but it hasn't been that many. We got 30 full teams to get through, and I, I'm getting more excited to talk about these players. I'm getting more excited for the season to start. Um, but we got to get through the rest of these teams, Tyler. So I'm going to wrap it up. Everybody, you can find me on Twitter at watch the boxes. You can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler P Watts with two T's W A T T S. If you're not following Tyler, then you don't know anything. You should be following our good friend, Tyler on Twitter. He's got a lot of good insight and articles to all sorts of uh, fantasy stuff and Mav stuff if you're into the Mavs. Um, but if you want to support the show, please rate, review us, or subscribe to Patreon, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, go there, help support the show, help us keep moving forward, or check out twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. Subscribe there to the mock drafts. Get alerted when we go live on Twitch. Um, and that's it. We'll see you next time for the next team.